Bienvenidos and welcome back to Puro Pinche Gol, the place where we discuss all things USMNT y la Selección Mexicana. My name is Adrian. Joining me once again is my co-host in Pocayo, Adrian. Adrian, what's good, man? How are you, dude? Hey, how's it going, man? You know, Thursday night, getting ready to uh, do another pod episode with you and uh, chat about this this mumbo-jumbo between MLS and Saudi Pro League. Yeah, we went ahead and threw in Liga Mekis in there because why not? <laughs> uh, exactly. This is going to be the uh, final end all be all debate of which is better Liga Mekis, MLS or Saudi Pro League you know uh, there's been what started all this this week uh, was the comments made by Cristiano Ronaldo right that he uh, pretty much said that um, you know because of him the Saudi Pro League is growing all the stars are going there now um, even young stars and that uh, you know he didn't want to come to MLS he doesn't want to come to MLS uh, Saudi Pro is better basically what he said um, so here we're going to try to see if you know, Mythbusters, if that's true or not. Um, who who has the better league? Um, MLS, Saudi, and since we're PPG, Puro Pinche Gol, we cover both Selección Mexicana and MLS. Man, we're throwing uh, Liga Mekis in there. So uh, the way we're going to do this is we're going to base it based off uh, six uh, key factors here. Attendance, marketability of the leagues, team parity in the league, the fan bases, player exportations, which generate money for the league and miscellaneous salary cap, pro rel, etc. Um, you know, before we get into, it, I kind of want to clarify that uh, they all have their perks, they all have their you know disadvantages. I think no question that the best league in terms of pure soccer skill and level, and this might hurt a lot of people, a lot of our PPG fan base, but I think it's Liga Mekis. Um, Liga Mekis is still the better league in terms of quality of play and that's shown in the past 20 years or you know forever they've they, they just dominate the conca champions um obviously the conca champions is not the end all be all of quality level but i mean to be that dominant in the the region's champions league um says that you know when it comes down to it the liga mekis is still the top dog in terms of level um mls is closing in on it but um as of right now that that level is still is still there um, no question the league with the biggest global reach is the MLS. Uh, they just signed Messi. They're signing all his buddies from Barcelona. Uh, they have that deal with Apple. Um, so I think they're, they're the most marketable league and the no question that the T that the league that can form the best starting 11, if you were to have an all-star match between the best starting 11 league, I make the best starting 11 MLS, best starting 11 Saudi pro, I think Saudi pro. You know, they signed a lot of uh, great European talent uh, this last season, trying to, you know, build for that 2023-2024 uh, season. And uh, they've not only gotten aging stars like Cristiano, Benzema, but uh, they've also gotten stars still in their prime uh, that we'll discuss. Um, so, like I said, pros for each league, cons for each league. Uh, but um, let's get into it, man. Uh, we're going to talk about attendance. What can you tell me about the average attendance for Liga Mekis for the 2023 Clausura and 2022 Apertura? So, um, you know, do, doing some numbers uh, online, we we can safely say that Liga Mekis is perhaps the league out of the three with the most attendance uh, per match, with an average of uh, based on last on the last uh, tournament, an average of uh, twenty three thousand one hundred sixty two fans attending per match uh and uh the one from uh 2022 apertura was 20,533 so the i guess between you know the because one thing to mention is that mexico has two tournaments per year so between both tournaments which is the last competitive year uh or soccer year in mexico the average overall is 21,847 fans on the stands per match Right, and uh, that just blows out of the water. The Saudi Pro League from the 2022 to 2023 season, their uh, attendance was 9,339. Their average attendance, um, they're they you know they're they're making all these moves. They plan for that to go up, obviously, um, mm-hmm. but um, that's still a ways away, even with the Ronaldo Cristiano Ronaldo effect. Um, yeah, and uh, Liga Mekis is a lot closer to, or sorry, MLS is a lot closer to Liga Mekis with uh, 21,033. Uh, average attendance for the 2022 season. Uh, that's right on par uh, with the 2019 season, which was the last season not affected by COVID, which is 21,330. Uh, 21, so compare that to Liga Mekis 21,847. Liga Mekis, you know, it's 
slightly ahead Stadium. in numbers. Yeah, but I mean, Lee Mackey's their their stadiums, I would say, have a they're a lot smaller if you take out uh, El Estadio Azteca, right, which is huge. Um, I think they range in that in that uh, range of like twenty thousand to maybe thirty five thousand for the most part. Uh, while MLS has a lot more, uh, I, I guess a, a lot more variety, right? The MLS has a lot of small small stadiums as well, which yeah. are like twenty thousand. But then you have like Atlanta, uh, Mercedes Benz Stadium, Seattle, which is huge, yeah. uh, Portland, which I think fits like a good twenty eight. Um, you have you have uh, New York Red Bulls fits like thirty something, I believe. Um, NYCFC Yankee Stadium fits a good amount. So uh, it, there's there's a huge variety there in terms of stadium size, but um, in terms of you know average attendance, I, Liga Mekis is it's the winner. So one point for uh, Liga Mekis. Um, marketability, obviously, this is huge. Uh, huge pushes by the MLS and the Saudi Pro League for this. MLS, you know, now counts on Messi, and it's close to bringing in the whole. Said Barcelona squad back together there at Inter Miami um, with uh, Busquets, uh, Jordi, Alba. Jordi Alba. Yeah, I think they want to bring Luis Suarez. Dude, um, I saw somewhere online that Andres Iniesta was also looking to joining them. Yeah, how, <laughs> how old is he now? Almost forty. I think he's thirty-nine. Yeah, they want to make like all their eggs in one basket Inter Miami. Exactly. One last push. No, be crazy. Uh, yeah, man. Um, MLS definitely has the most players from different countries around the world out of any league in the world. So yeah. that's a huge plus. Uh, you could basically be from anywhere in, in the world and have somebody representing your your country in the MLS. Um, uh, my opinion here, I don't know how, how you feel about this, but in my opinion, MLS has the most consistency in their kits and probably the best-looking kits out of the three leagues just because it's Adidas that just sponsors everyone you don't have these random no-name brands that are making shirts um you know they, they they just all look consistently decent or good across the board you obviously have every once in a while some crappy ones from adidas but uh you know i think i think having one sponsor for all the leaks just makes it look clean it makes but yeah it's just it, my it, point of view <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with, with that specific part of your point of view is that, of course, having just one sponsor helps to, I guess, remove uncertainty or, I guess, the mismatch of uh, of kids throughout the league. I also like the fact that they don't really have a lot of sponsors on the shirts, which yeah. I think it make, makes it look really clean. Because if you look at, uh, I, I'm not, I haven't, I haven't been able to sit down and look at all of, you know, a, a variety of the uh, SPL kits. But if you look at the Liga Mekis ones, they're plagued with nothing but sponsors. Yeah. Um, and so that, that kind of sort of also, you know, shoots them, shoot, uh, well, all, all the teams shoot themselves on the, on the foot because of that specific reason. And, and, and you know, the it is not a lie that they have all these sponsors on the shirt because they need all the money to, you know, hire, hire players and compete against MLS. Um, but uh, I, I do want to say something. I... With with the MLS, I think there's definitely some fire kits like the one uh, the second kit for RB uh, RB New York. Um, I really like the pink one from Portland Timbers. Um, so there's definitely a good amount of kits that are you know neat. They're great. In Mexico, um, it's tough because Nike and Adidas have been consistently getting you know jumping. Uh, out of Mexico for the last, I don't know, 10 years. And they only have like a, you know, stronghold of teams that they deem to be, you know, valuable for their brand. One of them being Tigres, America, Pumas, Monterrey has Puma. Uh, has Puma. Um, but other than that, pretty much the rest of the teams are, you know, uh, spread amongst Mexican brands like Charlie, which Charlie. I personally think they do. They have some of the nastiest kits that I've seen in my life. Um, some of them are decent, but for the most part, they are, they're just disgusting, man. And, of course, having all these uh, sponsors on the shirt doesn't really help them. As far as looking at the ones from uh, the Saudi League, uh, I mean, the, I think they're just, you know, they're they're boring. They're meh. They don't really have that many sponsors. So, meh. And then the ones that they have, they look they look disgusting, too. Um, and I, I don't <laughs> think they have, like, any, any attitude towards them, right? I, I, I don't see, like, any specific, um, you know, resemblance to anything i don't think there's like a specific tie to to something i mean there's 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 a lack of imagination definitely on on the side league kids 
Yeah, uh, you, you spoke about you know Adidas and Nike, Mexico. I mean, they they have Under Armour, they have Puma, they have um, Charlie, like you mentioned. I think they had seven sponsor or brands, kit brands, compared to MLS that has one. And I think uh, we said that Saudi has uh, eleven. Uh, a lot of them being just local Saudi yeah. uh, brands, which uh, when when you when you're talking about marketability, doesn't bode well, right? Uh, you want the biggest names for your marketing. Um, Finishing up here in MLS, um, you know, MLS has the most teams. They have 30 teams. Uh, Saudi and Liga Mekis have 18. Yeah. 30 teams can be good and bad. We'll discuss it. You know, bad, it kind of waters down the product when you have so many teams. Um, but from marketability, it's good, right? You have the most amount of players from different countries in the world and the most amount of teams. So that, that creates more jerseys, more opportunity for sales. Uh, you know, you like you being a Mexican guy, you're wearing a Seattle jersey because you like <laughs> you like this jersey, right? There's, there, I mean, yeah. like I'm from Houston. Uh, the Houston jerseys are meh sometimes, right? But I mean, I, I like you said, I've seen some cool ones that I wouldn't mind wearing just because they're cool jerseys. So uh, exactly. you know, there, there's that there's that uh, attractiveness to outsiders. Man, the jerseys are cool. Man, I could pick a team and go for from the 30 teams because one of my paisas, one of my uh, you know countrymen plays for that team. Um, mm -hmm. So there's always that marketability. And the last thing for MLS that I want to cover is the season pass that they have with Apple. Hundred Over 100 countries worldwide, you know, English, Spanish, French, German, they broadcast in every freaking language. And it's just everywhere, easy access to get. And uh, that's something that can't be said about the Saudi Pro League or Liga MX. Mm -hmm. um, just real quick, I'll let you cover Liga MX. But uh, Saudi Pro, like we mentioned, uh, they have 18 teams, 11 different kit brands, a lot, not, not, not too much quality there. Um, very hard to watch the Saudi Pro League on TV if you're not in that area, that region of the world. And uh, they're, they're, they're making a big push to be marketable. They signed CR7, obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, they have Karim Benzema, Jordan Henderson, Angolo Cante, Mares from Man City, Mendy from Chelsea, Bobby Formino, uh, Ruben Neves, Kulubali, Chota. So they're, they're really pushing to get these stars, yeah. which eventually, you know, I mean, we, we saw last week the Messi effect, how everybody tuned in. I mean, people were, are going to tune in to, to see these stars, right? I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo obviously had that same effect. Um, tell us about, you know, how how Liga Mekis, you know, their – how can we watch them? How easy it is to watch them compared to MLS and Saudi? And, uh, you know, their their reach to get big players like like – the lights of uh, CR7. Yeah, so for, for the last years, it has been difficult for the Mexican teams to attract big names, right? Um, it hasn't been difficult to attract players who have been in Europe and then, you know, come down to Mexico to play. Uh, and most recently, they, they haven't been, you know, they have been, they have been, bring, they have been bringing players uh, that are shortly after their peak, right? They're like 28, 29, 30 years old or coming to, to the Mexican league and they're still having, you know, a good performance. They're ha they have good form with their teams. The most recent examples are, of course, Andre, Andre Pierre Gignac. Um, I will say Rafael Carioca. Um, if you look at Monterrey, Rogelio, Rogelio Funes Mori. Um, and they're about to sign Sergio Canales, which is a very strong player uh, at Real Betis. So there are definitely, you know, <clears throat> they, have, they have made, I, I think they have found their specific niche of ex-European players that they can go for uh, because they cannot definitely compete to attract the big names like Messi uh, and, and CR7 and, uh, you know, the, the likes of... Even even if it's, uh, you know, two, three uh, steps down from from those uh, from those names, I don't think any Mexican team can afford to bring, you know, the likes of Brozovic, uh, the likes of Jota. They, ju they just don't have that kind of money. Uh, so they kind of settle for the for that talent that is that is maybe it's not class A talent, but it's class B talent. But class B talent in Europe, it's class A talent in Liga Mekis. So I, I I will take that I will take those kind of players any day um, if they if they just wants to bring them in. Um, and so I mean, given said that, when you look at the bro broadcastability, I guess if that's a word of Liga Mekis, you know. Being in the States for like the last 10, uh, 13 years, it has been somewhat of a struggle to consistently watch Liga Mekis without having to use the pirate sites. Um, just because of, you know, how I would say it's difficult. It, as years go by, it has become more difficult to watch Liga Mekis, not only in, in the United States, but also in Mexico. Because since uh, the, the broadcast rights are not sold as a unit, they're sold per team, each team has its own broadcaster. So depending which team you're going for, 
or the, or whoever. I mean, for example, if Tigres is play, playing against Puebla at Puebla, maybe Tebasteca will have it. But if you live in Monterrey, you won't have access to see the the you know to watch the game on free TV. You will have to buy a, a pay per view, or you will have to ac- you will need to have access to you know an online platform like Fox Premier, like Bix, um, ESPN Plus, or Star Plus, right? So there's you're you're bound to have like all this plethora of different uh, services or pay per view services if you want if you really want to watch all the matches from your team. Um, and here in the states, for example. Uh, you are essentially they essentially trying to change you to uh, getting a cable system. So if you really want to watch Liga MX, you have to have a system where you can see uh, Univision Deportes because that's the only network channel that will have uh, pretty much all of the matches from Liga MX. You can you, you may have a couple of them on ESPN Plus or Fox Sports, uh, but I would say like 14 out of the 18 teams from Liga MX are broadcasted by Univision Deportes. So. Even if you have Bix, right? For example, myself, I use Bix, and the only uh, the, the only the, here in the states, Bix only has a, a handful of games. They don't have all games like in Mexico. If if you have Bix in Mexico, you have access to pretty much all the matches. But here, if you really want to see all the matches, you have to get Bix plus a VPN. So it's you know that's what I'm doing right now. And even and even then, <laughs> you know, you have to be like rotating VPNs because they block some of these VPNs, right? So you have to you have to find ways around it. And it's just, you know, I'm, I'm just tired of, ha- of having to jump from pirate site to pirate site when in reality it's like, man, if, if Liga Makis had a, a freaking app like the NFL, right? And, and if, I, it was, if I was bound to pay $12 a month, dude, I will pay it to watch Liga Makis. I don't really understand why they're making they're make it so difficult for the fans to watch, uh, you know, Liga Makis. Yeah, I used to, obviously, you mentioned for the last 10 years you've been here, 10, 12 years, it's been like that. But that's because, you know, that's the rise of streaming platforms. It never was like that. You know, I, I grew up in the States my whole life watching Liga Mekis. It used to always be consistently, you wanted to watch a game, it would be on. But with the adaptation and the growth of streaming platforms, everybody wants their cut. Everybody wants to do their own thing. Yeah. Um, it's nice to have a place like Apple TV where you can just sit down and watch every game live at your convenience, right? Yeah. So I think... Um, Marketability definitely goes to MLS. Big time. Um, let's go on to team parity. How competitive are the leagues? Is there only one team winning every, every year, like in some leagues in Europe, uh, aka Bundesliga? Uh, does one owner <laughs> own multiple teams, or every team is the is the league just a one one owner type league? Um, starting off with MLS, there's been nine champions in the last ten years. So the good variety parity there. Uh, no multi ownership, multi propriedad, uh, multi property um, of the of the league teams. So you know I can't be a uh, a guy who owns Dynamo, who owns Dallas, and who owns Austin FC. Right? I can only own one team. Uh, but the league is a single entity league, so yeah. that makes it very weird for some. Uh, it, it, it makes some very weird calls in MLS, right? Some very weird limitations. Um, there are obviously several teams that arguably have more capital access. Uh, MLS does a good job in trying to keep things leveled with salary caps, designated players, which a lot of people are not fans of. Uh, I'm not really a fan yeah. of it, but I, I can see I can see the pluses, right? You don't have things mm-hmm. like the Bundesliga, um, the or SPL, the or La Liga. Yeah. yeah, the SPL Saudi Pro League has had four different clubs winning in the last ten years. Uh, I think uh, the uh, the private interest fund or whatever the Saudi government owns. They, they just bought four more teams. They own yeah. like 75% of the teams in the league now. So it's yeah. all, it's starting to become kind of like MLS, right? You have one sole proprietor, one sole owner. Uh, but the, Sorry, these, these guys are the owners of Newcastle as well. So it's the Saudi Public Investment Fund. Public Investment, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's why Newcastle is going to be tearing it up in a few years. Um, <laughs> and the thing with them, obviously, is no salary cap. Uh mm-hmm. What about uh, Liga Mekis? You mentioned there's two really? season, two uh, tournaments per season, so you have two uh-huh. winners. You could have two winners per per year. Um, mm-hmm. So in the last ten years, you could have Mac, you know, twenty different winners, right? Yes. Um, how has the last ten years looked? How what does ownership look down there in Mexico? So I'm not gonna dabble into which. I mean, you know, how many times a team has won the championship in the last ten years? I'm just gonna say how many different teams have won a championship in Mexico for the last ten years. And if you go through, you know, starting from uh, Clausura 2020 to Apertura 20, 
sorry, 2012 and 2013 to the last, the, the, I guess this year, the most recent tournament, you had 10 different teams winning the, a, a, a championship, right? It, it doesn't really matter if it's Clausura or Apertura, but we had 10 different teams winning a championship in Mexico. Um, and then uh, th that's a, a good thing and a bad thing, right? It's a good thing because it, it keeps the, the, the league interesting in the sense that you don't really know uh, who's going to win it, right? And, and every, every six months, you have a chance to, to see an, a different team become the champion. Um, and it's also a bad thing because, at least in, in my perspective, um, I, I, really, I really don't like the, the format of the tournament where you have two different championships. Uh, I think it should be, you know, just a, a full year, just like... A, Like a, like a European league, but that's a, for, that's for a different topic. As far as multi-properties or multi-ownership, multi-propriedad, this is something that Mexico has to struggle for its entire history, right? Back in the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, it was America owning, uh, of course, America, Televisa owning America, and owning Caxa, Tebasteca owning, you know, like two or three different team, teams. Uh, so it has always been there. Uh, And, you know, you, you can see it throughout, you know, the, the contemporary history, uh, the contemporary times of Liga Mekis. As of today, there's uh, there's six teams that are owned by uh, one. Well, not six, well, there are six teams that have the same. Own, let, me, let me rephrase that. It isn't <laughs> like the they don't they don't they aren't, aren't owned by the same guy, but there are six teams in the league who are part of the multi 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 propriedad. So, for example, we have Grupo Pachuca who owns Pachuca and León. You have the Orlegi who owns uh, Atlas and Santos. You have Tebasteca who owns Puebla and Mazatlán. And then you have Grupo Caliente who owns Querétaro and Tijuana. So there's a lot of arguments for and against multipropiedad. I, I am honestly ambivalent. I don't really care if there's, you know, uh, uh, you know, an owner that owns two teams. I think it's, uh, to me, it doesn't really make a difference for Liga Mekis. Um, all, I mean, all I care is for these owners putting, you know, investing on the teams and making them competitive so the league can grow. If multipropiedad helps the league to, you know, become a better product, then so be it. But if multipropiedad is affecting the league and is making it worse, then, you know, there's, there's a reason to change. So uh, to me, that's, uh, I, I can be convinced either or, right? I don't really care about multipropiedad. I don't really mind if it exists uh, as long as it's benefiting the league. Uh, and then this also segues into, you know, capital access for the entire league. While, uh, while Liga Mekis remains highly competitive, in my, in my opinion, in my, in my own view, um, there isn't, it isn't a lie that it's heavily skewed in terms of capital access. There's maybe arguably, arguably six teams in the league that have, you know, the, the means to remain competitive, economically speaking. And those are Tigres, Monterrey, America, Chivas, Cruz Azul, and maybe, you know, the... And I count them as one, but it's essentially two teams, Leona and Pachuca. The rest of them are either, you know, they aren't necessarily profitable, but at this, uh, or, or if they are, they don't have enough reach to get more money in and have and invest on better players. So, for example, Mazatlan, even though Mazatlan is owned by Tebasteca, they don't really invest a lot on that team. Uh, the likes of Puebla, Querétaro, uh, who else is on that list? Uh, Bravos de Ciudad Juarez. I mean, there's a bunch of teams that aren't necessarily well-equipped with the capital means to be competitive. So that's why every single tournament or every single six months, you have you know this group of six teams who arguably will compete for a spot in Liguilla. Uh, and the rest of them is just, you know, essentially a toss, right? Let's see who 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 becomes a dark horse. So uh, I, I think in that in that specific perspective, uh, even though the Saudi League has, you know, a huge investment on four specific teams, uh, I still feel that the rest of the other. This is my ignorant opinion on on the Saudi Pro League. If there's, if there's a PPG fan out there that knows a lot about SPL, please correct me. But to me, it's like all of these teams have money. It just so happens that four teams have way more money than the other ones, right? And the Liga Mekis is there's only six teams that have some money, um, and the rest of them are essentially scrapping for you know sponsorships <laughs> and like uh, you know class B players from these you know top six teams. Yeah, and while MLS, it's like uh, they all are pretty consistently across the board, but 
you have some owners that are completely stingy that don't like to spend at all. And then you yeah. have owners like LAFC, LA Galaxy, Inter Miami, NYCFC that like to spend a lot. So, uh, yeah, there's a limit in salary cap, but, um, you know, those those owners like to be right on that limit or find loopholes to go over it, while some owners like San Jose Earthquakes, uh, NYRB, oh, yeah. um, Salt Lake Houston City. Dynamo, Salt Lake City, they don't spend at all. And yeah. uh, you see that on the pitch, right? And in the stands, they have uh, like the lowest attendance in the in the league. Mm-hmm. So I think here, man, uh, we, we kind of agreed that it's for different reasons. It's a tie between Liga Mekis and MLS. Yeah. Um, there, there's I think there's enough for MLS has the more variety in terms of parity of winners in the last ten years with nine. Liga Mekis still has that that parity. However, you know, you mentioned there's six big teams, but they're still. Uh, playoffs makes a huge difference in that, you know, it's a one-off game or two-off home and away where, you know, if you're not one of those six teams, you could still have the chance to eliminate one of those big teams if you have two good games, right? We've seen that a lot with, like, Atlas. We've seen that with um, a lot of the winners that just, uh, you know, like Tigres last season were one of, obviously they're one of the big teams, but they qualified, like, eighth or ninth, and they ended up winning the league. Um, So you could qualify barely, (laughs) and you could still win the league. So, um that, that I think I think it shows parity in the league in both leagues. You don't have those four super rich clubs like SPL, where you know it's we like to crap on playoffs. The playoffs are pretty fun to watch, especially in yeah. league at Mickey's. SPL yeah. is just like your typical European league, where it's the best team and at the end wins it, right? So, um, mm-hmm. uh, okay, MLS has not single pro- or multi property, but they're single owned while Liga Mekis has multi-property but uh it's like the league is owned by all the owners of the team so you do have that variety um so I think we're going to say this is a tie between Liga Mekis and MLS on team parity um let's move on to uh to fan base here man um why don't you talk us through Liga Mekis Liga Mekis you know there's a lot of passion down there obviously soccer is the biggest sport in Mexico Uh, what do you attribute this to I would say that this is probably the one uh, aspect that that we're gonna go over on this episode that ma- that the Liga MX is just pretty much obliterates the other leagues. Um, li- there's no doubt that this, this uh, Liga MX has the most passionate fans. I think uh, in terms of you know the attendance numbers and what we've seen historically speaking, uh, th- you also have like great rivalries, right? In in Liga MX, you have a Clásico Regio, you have a Clásico Nacional, you have like a bunch of classicals in Mexico City, Pumas against America, Pumas against Cruz Azul, Cruz Azul against America. Um, and then like just more recently, you have good matches between Santos and, uh, and the Regio teams. Uh, you have Atlas versus Guadalajara. So there's definitely like regional and national rivalries that, the, that La Liga MX really takes advantage on. So I, I think that's... And rivalries that were born naturally. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm, not exactly. forced and like, oh, we're going to create a team out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm looking at you, MLS. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good because you're right. Um, of course, you know, for example, if you look at Clásico Nacionales América against Guadalajara, they're not on the, from the same city, but these are the two biggest teams in Mexico. And just by the sheer nature of being the two best, or oh, not best, but the biggest teams in Mexico uh, that, you know, created this natural rivalry amongst them or between them. So... I think there's there's no denial that those specific regional and national rivalries have uh, played a, a strong advantage for Liga Mekis in this specific aspect. And then just just most recently in contemporary, you see the likes of American Tigres becoming you know uh, their own rivalry, right? So some people like to call it the new national clásico, uh, which I, I I would agree, not because I'm a Tigres fan, uh, but because of the nature of them being the the teams with the most championships in the recent history, uh, but yeah, those things happen and this is natural, right? It's not forced. Uh, at the same time, uh, one thing that we mentioned on, on the previous uh, uh, on the previous, I guess, uh, aspect that we discussed is that Liga MX remains highly competitive in the sense that it's very unpredictable. It's difficult to predict who's going to win in Liga Mekis. You might do. You might be a great data analyst, right? You might have access to all the data that you want, and you say, okay, I have all these correlation tables and all this crap. And right. when you do a parlay, you're not going to you're not gonna have a 100% parlay in Liga Mekis because it's just unpredictable, my guy. It's, it's just, that's, that's the nature of Liga Mekis. You can have Tigres winning every single match for the last six matches, show up against Puebla, who has lost four out of the six matches, and Puebla just... 
destroys them on the pitch, right? And so that's that's the fun part about Liga MX is that it's highly unpredictable. You don't really know what's going to happen. Um, it also has a lot of hilarious moment, mementos in the league. You have, you know, ducks showing up on the pitch. You have, uh, you know, players doing random stuff. You have fans doing also, you know, very hilarious things on the pitch. I would jump, well, not necessarily jump in the pitch, but on, on the on the on the stands. So it's it's a uh, it's a highly uh, memeable, uh, if, if there's yeah. a word for that. Uh, a lot of memes, mm-hmm. exactly. And so, of course, you know, uh, in in addition to these points, also, it's soccer is is by far the most popular sport, most popular popular sport in Mexico, and. Uh, the fact that Liga Mekis used to have pro and relegation, promotion and relegation, uh, also helped to build the fan base, build the team spirit, right? Build the the connection between the the people and the team. And I can tell you, if, you know, from from my experience, when I, I was very young, but when Tigres went down from what back in the day when it, we had we used to have Primera la, la la I think it was called Primera Primera. And that was that was the name of the top flight in Mexico, and then the second division was Primera A. So when Tigres went from Primera to Primera A, that's when the this whole connection between the fan base and the team grew stronger. And that specific aspect of the league helped Tigres to become one of the most passionate teams in Mexico. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know that pro rail plays a big role. It's, it's sad that they don't have it yet. Uh, apparently, they are going to bring it back. Um, so let's hope they bring it back soon. Um, I think they were saying the next two, three years. Um, but, you know, in MLS, moving moving on to MLS here, uh, you have fan bases that sell out every game, right? Austin FC, Atlanta, Seattle, Portland. Um, then you have teams that really don't sell at all. Houston, Inter-Miami, pre-Messi, NYRB, uh, San Jose. Um, a lot of these uh, teams that do sell out are like uh, Seattle, for example, that had a team previously in like the lower leagues and that same basis was kind of brought to mls they were able to fund it to be able to bring it into mls keep the name and that history more or less that's why that's so well rooted like you mentioned into the the community and they support it you can see it every every day right versus something like i don't know like i'll speak from my point of view like houston that was just brought to the league with money right They, they bought themselves into the league um you don't see that fan base show up for it because it doesn't matter, right? I mean, you know, it's not something that has been there for 50 years that you've seen the team go through highs and lows, that you've seen the team struggle through the third division, go up to the second division, go up to the, you know, the, the top of the pyramid. Um, yeah. So it's like, why why bother, right? I mean, obviously that's in every American sport. You don't have pro rail, but those sports have been around so much longer. NFL has been around for 100 years, NBA since the, you know, 70 or 70 80 years hockey has been around forever uh so you know th- these are this is a, a much younger sport in the usa yeah. with uh you know soccer still growing and you, without that community connection there um you, you just don't see that passion that you see in mexico um again like one of the downsides we have here in the notes that the teams are all very young they're just not not that connection right to like yeah. a historic team that worked mm-hmm. their way up the ranks um and you know soccer being the fifth biggest sport in usa doesn't help right i mean you know you have to compete in mexico you don't have to compete against nfl nba <laughs> nhl no, um so you know that's something you have to compete with here saudi yeah. uh, it's, it's a little older of a league it started in 1976 but it, it didn't really become like the pro league until like 2006 i think is what i read um so there's still that connection with the fan base and though soccer is by far the biggest sport in saudi arabia um they connect more to european teams they follow, at least from what I've read, they follow more, uh, I'm a Manchester United supporter, I'm a Real Madrid supporter, uh, I'm an Arsenal supporter, versus their local leagues, because their local yeah. leagues have always just been an afterthought, right? Now that it's growing and they're purchasing all these high-quality players, we'll probably see a difference and that'll probably grow. But I think for the most part, they're always going to be that uh, I'm a Manchester United supporter before I'm an Al Nassar supporter, right? Versus yeah. like us, we prefer watching Liga Mekis and Tigres versus, yeah, we're Chelsea fans. We love Chelsea, but uh, 
we 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 love watching our local you know tigres you know <laughs> yes. right um so it's it's it, they have that they don't have that connection to their local teams right so i think here it's a no brainer like you said when we started this part of the segment um fan bases liga mekis um let's go to the next item here we're talking about player exportation and this is one where i think it switches from liga mekis yeah um something we've have come to realize and come to see is that MLS, like we said, they're the best marketing, market, most marketable league. Yeah. They're all that that that's consistent across the board here and goes with player expectation. They do the best in um, with their MLS Next Pro, with their you know bringing youth through the ranks, giving youth yeah. a chance, selling youth to Europe, making money mm-hmm. for MLS clubs by selling youth to Europe, uh, having clauses in contracts saying if they help you win the Champions League or help you qualify for the Champions League or stay up, we'll get more money through it. Um, MLS does everything it can to help export young talent to Europe. Um, while <laughs> same can't be said to Liga Mekis, right? I mean, they export talent. But nowhere at a rate that the MLS. Yeah. Does. No, and, Liga make. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, my bad. No, no. I was just gonna say that even we see sometimes players coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Exactly. Uh, Liga Makers is not a uh, a league where you uh, export players. It's not. An ex- it's not an exporting league. If anything, it's an importing league. Uh, and in, as you mentioned, they they even bring back uh, the talent that just recently moved. Out of Liga MX, for example, now you have rumors that Cesar Montes might join America after being six months in freaking uh, El Español, right? <laughs> right? So, I mean, it's 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 uh, Liga MX its own market, it's its own niche, it's its own bubble because of the lack of young talent development, which makes the Mexican player very scarce in the league. And so, when a Mexican player is top talent. You know, in terms of uh, Liga Mekis, right? Or for a Mexican player, they throw money at it, right? And that's also a, a hurdle that the league hasn't hasn't been haven't been able or had is not willing, at least it shows, is not willing to address. And so that hinders uh, that this specific you know uh, point of view of Liga Mekis, where <clears throat> you know if if Pachuca is developing, if if Pachuca and Santos are the ones developing talent, right? And they have a very strong player. Uh, America, Guadalajara, Monterrey, and Tigres will throw $10 million for that player, even though it's a player that is maybe 21 years old, 22 years old, hasn't, hasn't, he, he hasn't proven anything in the league, right? But he is the next prospect in Mexican football. They want it because it's, uh, it's not a priority for Liga Mekis in general to develop talent. Yeah, Liga Mekis is kind of, it's, you said, its own entity, right? They, yeah. Whereas in USA, MLS likes to work hand-in-hand with USSF. Um, and Liga Mekis is more about, you know, what am I going to do for myself to succeed exactly. and stay profitable and sustainable? I don't really care what if I'm going to help or hinder uh, La, la Selección, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what can we say about Saudi Arabia, uh, the Saudi Pro League? I mean, they... they have unlimited amount of cash, but you know they, they don't export; they they import product, uh, no. talent. And uh, I mean, that's how they're going to grow. I mean, yeah, you know, maybe one day they'll get to the point where they start exporting. The, the league again is still very young, um, and uh, they have unlimited resources. So, uh, you know, in terms of player exports, no brainer winner MLS. Yeah, big time. Now, the last category, which is kind of an open ended category that we want to discuss, the miscellaneous category, just a, a lot of different factors, right? The promotion relegation, salary gap, cap, future growth potential, attractiveness of the league to um, players, money wise and lifestyle wise. Um, you know, speaking of MLS, no pro rail, there's pros to it, there's cons to it. Uh, people like to be on one side of it. People like to be on the other side of it. I personally am a fan of it. Will it work in USA? I don't know. Just because you know, there's not that history with the clubs that we mentioned. That like, will you go support your team if it gets relegated? No, I barely support it. Even you know, in the first division, why would I go support it when it gets relegated? Right? I mean, exactly. It, it has that risk of maybe a lot of teams, which is why I feel they haven't implemented pro rail. That risk of team just losing crap ton amount of cash. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Salary cap again has its pros and cons. Keep teams keeps it even, but um, 
prevents you from really competing in the market with Saudi, right? Um, the MLS being its own sole ownership hampers things. Like we had with uh, Pizarro from Inter Miami. He was like all confused when when Inter would <laughs> I know. trade him. He had no idea that his contract belonged Dumb. to MLS and not to Inter. And uh, just a, a, a huge mess with uh, designated players. And, you know, it's it it's it's its own thing completely from the rest of the world. Um Future growth potential, you know, MLS is growing like crazy. Um, it, it can only keep growing in the United States with Copa America next summer, uh, the World Cup in 2026. Messi is going to see significant growth, I feel. And it's already, you know, you're already able to see that in the, the youth teams and the, the national team, all these younger players that are playing their their football um, abroad, many of which started with MLS Next or an MLS Pro, whatever it's called, with the youth system, um, mm-hmm. and got sent over abroad. It, it, it is growing. It's growing talent, um, but it's doing it its own Americanized way, right? Yeah. Um, there's also that attractiveness to foreign players like Messi. They, they could come here and have a semi-normal life, right? Yes. A life where they don't get recognized everywhere they go and mm-hmm. uh, can uh, be able to live their lives as normal as possible in you know being the biggest stars they are um and you have that attractiveness of big cities like new york la miami, um, miami where um saudi has that attractiveness of paying you so much but you're gonna be living in a, a desert for the most middle, part yeah, middle yeah. Nowhere. um one, one thing that baffles me about mls is that they they even have they have franchises they have yet to play a match and they are valued as much as a european team that has more than 50 years can you right. believe that, is, that is isn't insane. that crazy yeah i don't know where that value like i was reading an article that it used to take when beckham was in the league or when beckham bought into inter miami i think it was like 70 million and now if you want to buy into the league you have to pay like 500 million dollars to get a team at least started it's insane um, they're saying Inter Miami might be the uh, like in a year or two might be worth like 1.2 billion just with what all the, the things they're bringing in, man. all the marketing, all the sales are going to make off that messy deal, Busquets deal, Jordi Alba deal. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's crazy the growth that they're seeing. Um, quickly to cover the Saudi Pro League, um, you know they have pro relegation. They're the only league to do it right now. Will Liga mm-hmm. Mekis bring it back? We hear they will, but as of right now, we can't give them points for having it because they don't have it currently. Um, they have a system similar to Europe. Three teams get relegated, three get promoted. Um, they don't have a salary cap, so you know they can compete with all the European teams and then more. Uh, they have a limited amount of money. And uh, you know just the fact that uh, the PIF owns, they just purchased four more teams. They own 70% of the league. Uh, can be a hindrance, but it, I think it's going to become like the MLS and that it might just be a single property owner of the league, right? PIF is going to end up owning everything and yeah. might make it. I think their ultimate goal was to get huge stars on every team and just grow it. In terms of potential or growth, I think theirs is unlimited. I think the only thing that really hinders them is, do I want to go play in Saudi Arabia? Yeah. Uh, Right. Uh-huh. I mean, do I, do I want to go play in the middle of the desert um, and really, really be limited? The, the, uh, you know, Saudi, I'm sure, has its perks, but there's a lot of different cultural uh, limitations that, uh, you know, just happen religiously and culturally that can limit you being a Westerner, right? That uh, yeah. you don't really get into by going to MLS or Liga Mekis. What can you tell us about uh, Liga Mekis? The beautiful Liga Mekis. I mean, <laughs> as you know, Liga Mekis used to have pro and relegation. Um, they shut that down uh, shortly after COVID started, uh, quoting that it was going, it was meant to help teams, uh, I guess, not lose that much cash. Uh, but the conspiracy theory behind it is that they were trying to protect Chivas because Chivas was sucking ass big time and they were this close to get relegated. So they, they didn't want to lose a big team uh, during relegation. So and also when when relegation was there, it wasn't even a, a uh, like a regular relegation where three teams go down and two go up or one go down and one go up. Right. It right. was more of like it was like a, as we have discussed in previous episodes in, in, in PPG, it's like a it's like a, a coefficient that it's like, you know, the, the total amount of games that you have played in a year divided by the points that you made, I think. And that will give you a coefficient. 
and that coefficient will tell you, you know, give you, will give you a ranking and the, the bottom one on the ranking will get relegated. And then uh, whoever's playing a Liga, Liga Expansión, uh, whoever wins the Campeón de Campeones, because there's two, there's also two tournaments in Liga Expansión. So if you, whoever wins the, I guess the, the playoff match between the winner of Apertura and Clausura will then, you know, go up and get promoted. So there's talks that they're going to bring it back, but with a different spin, where I think they were trying to relegate two teams. One will go down directly, and the other one will play. Will have a playoff match against uh, whoever wins, I guess, a quick round robin or whatever, uh, with a couple of the expansion teams. But it, it's still, you know, it's all mouth, no action. I don't think it's going to come back anytime soon because Liga Expansion went through a different a couple of changes and the, the most relevant one, one is that there's only there's like 20 something teams in Liga Expansion and only I think only six to nine are FIFA certified or or Liga MX certified and that has you know different requirements that you have to meet one of them being having a stadium with a specific amount of capacity I think having a, a woman team academy system there's a couple of things that you have to you know check off uh and there's only nine teams, six or nine teams that actually qualify for getting uh, promoted to Liga MX if that ever comes back. So uh, that's that's one thing that is hindering Liga MX in terms of uh, in terms of just you know miscellaneous additional things. Uh, as we mentioned, there's there's multi ownership with a few a few owners owning you know a total of six teams. Uh, it's heavily skewed in terms of capital access. There's no salary cap, but I'm not too sure if that's something that we should brag about. I mean, it's even 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 if you don't have salary cap, it isn't like they're not going for like big names anymore, right? They're not trying to attract you know the likes right. of Messi, and then, you know, because they, they can you just cannot afford it. They just can't. They can't afford it. So it's nice that they don't have a salary cap because you have teams like Monterrey, uh, teams like Tigres, America that have you know good relevant players are able to to pay them so they remain on the team and they become competitive uh, but i don't think it's necessarily a, a, a specific advantage for the team for the league in general um and then and overall you know if you look at the three leagues that we're comparing today i think arguably you can say that even historically speaking and in contemporary contemporary history you can say that liga makes teams are you know significantly the strongest teams in at least CONCACAF. Um, and when you compare them against the history of the Saudi Pro League, you can also make the argument that they are better ranked in general and uh, have, you know, I guess, a stronger competitiveness throughout their entire history. Yeah, so for these miscellaneous items, I think we, if you look at it as a whole, you know, look at ProRail, look at um, salary cap, look at, you know, the lifestyle that the league offers, the lifestyle the country mm -hmm. offers, the lifestyle that, um, you know, players can get offered money, they can get offered. Um, it's a lot to look at, but it's, um, I think Liga Mekis edges it, at least for now. Um, if, I know there's talks between Garber and the owners that they might raise the salary cap or get rid of it. And again, that, that in a league like, uh, MLS with so many different owners and that ability to attract so many players that could get dangerous. It could skew it yeah. and make it European style. Right. But I think Liga Mekis has the sweet spot in that. Okay. There's no salary cap, but nobody's going out there and just completely obliterating everybody else. Yeah. In terms of, <laughs> yes. You know, buying uh -huh. the, the best talent and not that they wouldn't, if they could, I'm sure they would, but they just can't afford it. Right. It, they're, mm -hmm. they're stuck in that. They don't have a salary cap, but they're also not the most wealthiest of compared to other markets. Yeah. So it leads them into sweet spot where, um, there's parity. There's a competition between the teams for the most part. There's um, different winners constantly. And there's, you know, pro rail. Well, if they bring pro rail back, I think that'll make Liga Mekis that much greater again. Um, and the no salary cap all kind of coming together. And, you know, you know, you also have cities like, why would I go live in the desert in Saudi Arabia when I could live in uh, La Ciudad de Mexico, which is a great yeah. city. Okay. There's only three cities in Mexico where you can have, you know, a, a, a decent lifestyle. Uh, other than that, yeah. you mean, well, I mean, Puebla is not bad, Carretera is not bad, right? But, man, I wouldn't live in Ciudad Juarez. Yeah. <laughs> right. Why right. would I leave Sevilla to live in Ciudad Juarez? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> a, a lot of the cities are, are 
attractive though i mean yeah. it's not like it's not like you're going to like the middle of the desert like with saudi that, yeah um so i think this one will edge it out to uh liga mekis just because of you know what, what they offer overall i think the better package in in that t- in terms of those those categories that we talked to um now based off of this in general a quick re- a quick summary here we said um attendance liga mekis marketability no question, MLS, MLS team parity. I think we're in agreement that that was between Liga Mekis and MLS for different reasons. Fan base, Liga Mekis, player exportation, blew out of the water, MLS all the way there. Uh, and miscellaneous pro rail, salary cap, uh, you know, mark, uh, living wise, market, not marketability, future of growth or potential. I think we said um, Liga Mekis barely edges out okay. the other two leagues. Um, which is, you know, if you were talking strictly future growth for potential, I think based off money, it might be Saudi, but that's still for way further down the line. Yeah. Uh, future yeah. growth potentially in the short term, no doubt in my MLS. mind, MLS. Yeah. yeah. Um, and MLS can have the ability, I think, to become one of the top leagues in the world uh, eventually. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the winner. Liga Mekis, right? Um, based off of these six categories we have, um, if we were to talk to Cristiano Ronaldo and say between Saudi Arabia and MLS, which is what started this conversation, uh-huh. I think no question MLS. Um, but uh, Saudi definitely has a potential to become a world power with the amount of money they're spending. Yeah, my guy is out there fighting and saying that the SPL is better. Man, he for- he forgot completely about Liga Mekis. Everyone is not talking about Liga Mekis when they should be talking about Liga Mekis, man. Yeah, man. That's the real, the real beast here. <laughs> um, well, Adrian, this was a fun episode. Maybe we could do one of these every every year as as things change, right? I mean, let's see yeah. how. Maybe even in a month, we'll have news that they got rid of the salary cap in MLS, and that will change our opinion. Uh, or yeah. you know, things like that. Maybe in a year, they bring back Pro Rail to Liga Mekis. Um, so it'll be nice to see how this compares in a year or two or in the long term, right? How we see in five years, Saudi Arabia, how, how that's grown. So, um, as of right now, yeah, I think, uh, without a question, M- Liga Mekis leads in a lot of important aspects of football while MLS is right there, right behind it. Um, but, uh, things can quickly change in this world of sport. Uh, the yeah. man, as we wrap this up, bro, where can our listeners find us, dude? You can always find us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and turn on the notifications. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast on. Last but not least, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Puro Pinchegol. We post stuff every now and then. Yeah, make sure to follow us on your preferred social media platform of choice. And uh, let us know in the comments. You know, this was if you stuck with us through these 54 minutes, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> you listening to us, yes. listening to our our, our uh, dissection of these uh, three leagues. Let us know. Are you in agreement with us? Uh, if not, I'm sure a lot of y'all will not be. You know, who do you think is the better league at this point in time currently? Um, who do you think has the best uh, potential for growth? We'd love to hear with you guys and discuss yeah. with you guys. Um, and definitely uh, like to hear y'all's opinions on that. Um, at the end, man, been a great one with you. See you in the next it's one, always brother. A, always a pleasure, my guy. Take it easy. See you, man. Deuce. Deuce.